All righty. Hey, this is uh, Barbershop.talk podcast. This is the podcast where our topics are determined by the conversation in the barbershop on Saturday. That's right. If you talked about it in the shop on Saturday, we're going to talk about it today on our podcast. Hello, my name is Jay Rod, and I'm your host. I am in Out the Way Studio here in Indianapolis, also known as Naptown. And I'm joined with my co-host, KC. Thank you, Jay Rod. It is a pleasure to co-host Barbershop.talk podcast here in Out the Way Studios. I look forward to presenting topics we discussed in the shop, as well as the manner in which we discuss them. This would include the gamut from analytical to anecdotal, from critique to humor and fun, all in an attempt to present to the audience the real flavor of barbershop talk. All right. Hey, I am ready to get started today because I have to say welcome back, uh, Casey. You know, when, when people seen you come to the door, I don't know if you heard what they said, but this is what they said. I love it. Yeah, they love you that much, KC. Oh, man, that's that's great. It's always great to come back home. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I tell you, when I started the podcast last week and you wasn't here, I felt off, it was awfully, awfully weird. Awkward. Yeah, it was very awkward, I do have to say. And then the uh, uh, the lady who volunteered to co-host, uh-huh. Um, and I was trying to explain to her off air that you wasn't here and uh, I may have to do the podcast alone. And she was avid. She kept whispering this in my ear. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what she kept saying. I was like, what is going on? Uh, but anyway, it is nice to have you back here, Casey. And it's great to be back. And to that lady, hey, thank you for filling in. I know these shoes were a little bit too big for you, but that's okay. I still thank you for trying. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Here she go again. <laughs> you know, I think she would have come back sometime. Uh, but it was hilarious. I mean, I have to admit, Casey, she just stepped in, mm-hmm. sat in your chair, yeah. looking at your computer, and just went to town. That, that reminds me, J-Rod, uh, there's a weird smell in this chair, man. <laughs> I mean, was she wearing some cheap perfume? Uh, these, these are not the normal smells associated with my my chair. You know, I only wear the good stuff. The aqua velva, the English leather, the high karate, or, you know, when I really want to step up my game, brute or Old Spice. And, and I don't know what she was wearing. <laughs> yeah, who's funny today? <laughs> All right, well, well, I, I am going to move on uh, to our podcast. Now, you're going to make that lady upset by talking about a funny smell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's not going to like that. She's not going to like that. I'm sorry. I only meant it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's going to be some mad people out there today. Well, you know something? I'm going to jump right into our uh, podcast, and we're going to talk about uh, some of the conversation that went on in the barbershop. Yeah, it was a live one. Yes, it was. It was deep at times. I have to say it was because now remember that customer that used to come almost every week or every other week? Yeah, and he'd been gone for a minute. He, he'd been gone for a while. Yeah. Yep. And uh, 
I do have to say. And his his wife showed up. Yes, his wife showed up. I was like, hey, well, where, where my man at, man? We ain't we been missing him. We I know his hair got to be long as hell by now. <laughs> yeah, it got to be super low now. <laughs> but I will tell you, uh, for female customers, we do do male and females here in the shop, so you're totally welcome. Uh, but his wife did come in, mm-hmm. and we asked her what happened. Yeah. And her story was phenomenal. It was. More than we was expecting. Yeah, because it's one thing about this customer. I never imagined that he was the type of man that was put his hands on a female. Yeah, and, and it's sad. And fellas, you can't do that. No. You're wrong to do it. And there are a lot of consequences for, for those kind of actions. Legal problems and just all kind of problems. Don't do it. Just simply don't do it. Well, we asked what happened, and she was telling us the story. Now, what she's doing in this story, when she was telling us, she was trying to uh, say what she was saying, and she was talking to a 911 operator and was trying to tell us what the operator was saying to give us a full flavor of that conversation. So, fellas, I'm just going to play it for you. Keep in mind, fellas, don't put your hands on a female. Yes. All right, here we go. I'm going to need an ambulance over here. Uh, what's going on, ma'am? My husband just put his hands up on me. How bad are you hurt? I, I ain't the one that's hurt. Uh, that's his ass up in that land up in that hurt. So wait, he, <laughs> he hit you, mm-hmm. but he's hurt? Yep. I shot his ass. you <laughs> should Is he dead? No, nah, I shot him up in the leg. Good. So he can't leave? Nope. <laughs> My girl. I'll send the officer there in about three hours to give you a little more time to torture his dog ass. I know that's right, but, but he gonna he gonna need him an ambulance though. No, no, I'm gonna send the officer because see, as far as I know, is a wife has been abused by her husband. So you tell them the rest when they get there, they give him a little more time to suffer, and then we'll send the ambulance. Oh, I like you. Mm-hmm. You have a good day. You too. Me as <laughs> wow. <laughs> Man, that that, that oh, is horrible. That is horrible. <laughs> well, we, at least we know where he is. Yeah. So, so you see, there are other consequences you might not have thought about when you put your hands on a woman. So, don't do it. Never do it. Don't, Walk away. That's right. Don't do it. You know. Now, also, we we've been on his wife for years, and I didn't think she was that type of woman either. But I yeah. guess when you touch her. Yeah, you got that right. We give her mad respect now. You know, you want the best seat in the house? <laughs> she shot the brother in slave to make sure he won't go nowhere. Oh, but she's taking money out the barbershop. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to move on for that, Casey. I'm going to move on. Because um, one thing I do like about our barbershop, we get a lot of debates between old school and new school. Mm-hmm. Right. And they start talking about what they call pickup lines, right? Pickup yeah. lines to get female. Mm-hmm. Now, did you have a, a, a favorite pickup line when you was growing up? I had about 10 of them. <laughs> <laughs> you had to use the right pickup line for the right situation. Well, I, I, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, the, the old faithful that just about everybody used, uh, male and females. Mm-hmm. I go, you look familiar. but anyway they start uh, the young the young boys in the uh uh or young school new school Mm -hmm. they was talking about how to uh pick up females right and the old guys were saying that it's really no different from back in the day to now 
mm-hmm. no different. So I, I, I'm going to play a little bit with the uh, uh, old school oh, was playing. Yeah. How they used to pick up girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, they, and they had two different styles, right? One guy's what I call a smooth style. The smooth operator. Yeah. And the other guy was. Uh, uh, he, he went right after. Yeah, he went right after. Yeah. Like, like no no bone. <laughs> you know, let's go right after. He went right after. So let's take a little look, listen to this one. Miss Clarissa, I'm gonna tell you, girl, in that dress, you looking about as sweet as a field full of honeysuckle after a spring rain shower. <laughs> How do you do it, girl? That ass, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> what was that? What was what? What you just said to her? Oh, well, I was just following your lead. You gotta be subtle. You want to talk to them ladies? I can do that. Mr. Neese, girl, the way that dress is flowing, you look like a mountain creek after a spring thaw. What is your secret? The way that dress fitting on you got them titties popping out. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) What is Yo, <laughs> yeah. what, did you, what did you do? I was just doing what you were doing. No, you wasn't. I even said, what is your secret? That's verbatim. That part was, did you hear me say anything about anybody's titties? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I guess the debate go on. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Yeah, and one of them was country smooth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do like the way he's What's your secret? <laughs> Other guy, not so much. <laughs> now, out of those two, which which one did you relate to, Casey? Oh, certainly the first one. The so, smooth guy. Yeah, smooth, yeah, smooth. Yeah. The guy goes, "You look familiar." <laughs> <laughs> but the debate go on. The pickup lines between old school and new school, and what is the best approach to pick up the females? Mm-hmm. That is something else. Now, um, speaking of, I did like that music that you heard in the background because it reminds me of, you know, back in the day. And I mean, really back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so every time I hear some music like that, it reminds me of my grandparents. Oh, yeah. I love my grandmother. I, you know, now my grandmother. At her older age, got a little, a little uh, um, plump. She was a little plump, right? Mm-hmm. And she always had that apron on. Yeah. Uh, always cooking. Lovable. Love for her grandkids to be over her house. Well, my grandmother was my best friend, and my grandfather was my hero. So oh, wow. I love my grandparents. That's right. It is nothing like grandparents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when I was with my grandparents that we didn't want to go home. We just did not want to go home. And every time we start to go home, we start to cry. <laughs> and our grandma would just hug us and give us uh, apples and oranges and say, you be back. But I think the grandmothers of today is not the same grandmothers that we grew up with. No, they ain't. No, they ain't. <laughs> no, they're not. First of all, they, they a lot younger. <laughs> Much younger. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of the grandmothers today don't like for their grandbabies to call them grandmothers. They don't. But... 
I, I gonna play this clip that this was a lady in the in the uh, she's a grandmother mm-hmm. and she was in a barber shop. Yeah, but she wanted to explain the difference, you know, uh, of what a grandmother is today. Okay. Now I, I gotta tell you, she she talked just as sweet mm-hmm. and nice as the grandmother back in the day. Yeah, but you gotta hear, her. you All gotta right. hear this. I mean, she was uh, one of a kind. Good morning. Good morning to the people that say grandparents are not grandparents anymore. And you're absolutely correct. We have evolved. We have jobs. You remember that time when you used to go to your grandma's house all the time and she didn't work and granddaddy came in and dropped his stuff at the front door? What them times? They're rare now. Most of us still working and doing hood rat shit with our friends. We have the best way that we can. But now you're not going to drop your kids off for the summer because I'm not doing hot girl things in the summer, but I'm going to do some lukewarm shit. <laughs> I'm sorry about evolution. Find some friends and y'all swap babysitting things or find your little cousins or something. There's other ways to get a break or take them to their dad if y'all not together. Mm-hmm. But just know mm-hmm. we not the option. You want to talk about it? <laughs> yeah it's a different mindset it's a totally different mindset yeah. i remember there was one brother that was in the shop when he was hearing that and he said yeah he's a young you know, younger brother and he went to the club and you know how uh you know these people today they lose some stuff and you know hey i got some pictures of my kids and you know you show me some pictures of your kids and he was talking to this woman and she started showing him pictures of her kids and, and her grandkids and her great grandkids. <laughs> oh, in the club. <laughs> so it's a different mindset. Today. <laughs> That's a totally different mindset. Me. Oh, my. oh. Hey, how you doing with the inflation? Are you dealing with the inflation of gas prices, the food uh, prices? Man, I tell you, this inflation sucks. I, I had to, to cut back on a few things, you know, because uh, let's face it, uh, money don't go as far as it did. Just three years ago. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think this inflation is a scam. Oh, it is. I think that uh, uh, some of it is price gouging. Yeah, I really do. And, and yeah, obviously, gas is price gouging. Yeah, they got the same amount of gas and oil in the ground they always had. Mm-hmm. They just charging us more for it. I agree. And, but but it ain't limited to just gas. Oh, I, it's I, widespread. It's widespread. Yeah, but all of the scam. Mm-hmm. Now, this lady was talking about a scam, uh-huh. and my industry came up yeah. with their business. Mm-hmm. You got to hear this one. Okay. This got to be on local news. It's a scam that's become so normalized that we don't even realize it's a scam anymore. Men's haircuts, men's haircuts, 60 plus dollars. Bro, let me tell you something. I wouldn't care if the blaze on them clippers were made out of black panther claws, top-notch vibranium. <laughs> I'm not paying you 60 plus dollars for a haircut. And then half of you just raising your prices because that's what everybody else doing. You charging 60 plus dollars, but you got $35 skills. No, Ooh. sir, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to hear nobody on inflation. I don't want to hear nobody on inflation. You could be inception. <laughs> Maybe that was it. Maybe it's inception. Maybe we in a dream. Maybe we in a dream within a dream within a dream. Gotta be because you got me fucked up three time if you think i'm gonna pay 60 plus dollars for a haircut and i don't care nothing about the, the, the complimentary water cut my hair i don't care about the newest little scalp cream that comes from the secretions of a beaver that lives in the foothills in the appalachian mountains i don't care about none of that shit cut my hair i'm not paying you no 60 plus dollars for no haircut 
we we roll back we roll back over 30 years you cut my head that's right but if you ever charge me 60 dollars <laughs> that's where it ends <laughs> <laughs> well we're gonna try to hold our prices <laughs> Man. We're gonna hold our prices exactly where it is. I Ooh. think you're okay with that. I don't think you got to worry about uh, getting a mean haircut <laughs> yeah. for sixty dollars in four twenty one barbershop. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where he go, but he need to leave that shop. <laughs> he definitely do. In fact, this is a good time to recognize our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If that is the case, let's go ahead and do it. Hey. All right. This is in the podcast where we pause and recognize our sponsor. Uh, our first sponsor is King Cap, the owner of Out the Way Studios. He is gracious enough to allow us to do our podcast every week in his Out the Way Studios. And also, he has other organizations under his umbrellas, but the one he is most proud of is his custom made t shirts. If you have any events that you need custom apparel, just go ahead and email him at kingcap317 at gmail.com. Now, also, we want to recognize our second sponsor, and that is 421 Barbershop right here in Indianapolis on Michigan Road, where good things happen to your hair. So if you want something to good happen to your hair, just come on in and see one of our master barbers. In Miami, come on, see the baddest Miss Miami. That's right. I'm going to get her out those panties. It's wow <laughs> wow hey by the way if any of our listeners want to become a sponsor that's all you got to do is just let us know contact us here at out the way studios and we'll have somebody get back with you to let you know the process of becoming a sponsor of barbershop.talk podcast all right you know some casey i'm going to move forward here but i do want to throw in a plug for the Mertz family reunion which is going to be held in august oh yeah that's right it's going to be held on august the 20th at uh eagle creek park uh and we are going to be part of the festivity yes a live remote broadcast in the middle of that uh family reunion absolutely and we're gonna have all kind of stuff now uh uh casey loved to advertise elephants and clowns <laughs> people are still we're not gonna have all that what <laughs> no but we are gonna have a lot of fun Yes, we are. Y'all scaling it back this year. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if we scaling it back. Damn oh. inflation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know something, Casey? I want to move to our uh, a serious topic because I'm pretty sure that our listeners have been looking at the uh, January uh, 6th committee. Yes, and if you haven't, get online and get caught up because there's a lot of great information uh that's come out from this uh, committee's investigation that will enlighten you to exactly what was going on that led to the January 6th insurrection. Yeah, that's what I like about the, the hearings is that you really get to see the whole gamut. You mm -hmm. get to see what was happening behind the scenes uh, instead of all these little pieces of the puzzles and try to speculate and figure out what happened, they actually tell you what yes. happened. Now, a big piece that I really enjoy seeing is when they was talking to Bill Barr. Now, um, 
uh, Monday, I think they, they talked about it on Monday, on January 6th, the committee hearing feature Bill Barr, you know, and he was avid rejecting uh, former President Donald Trump election fraud. He was pushing back big time. In fact, he repeatedly called it bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Casey said it. But you, you should listen to his testimony. In fact, um, to give you some uh, little background about Bill Barr, that Bill Barr took over as Trump Attorney General from Jeff Sessions, who was fired by Trump. Uh, Barr told January 6th committee he told Trump his election fraud claims were nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yet, on the day that he resigned, he praised Trump. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. So I thought it was quite strange that he quit at the tail end mm-hmm. uh, of his term and also was still praising him. But the true Bill Barr came out as his testimony, but he was saying this was a bunch of BS. Yeah. And so, in fact, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna play a little bit of the if if you if you're okay with that, Casey, I'm gonna play a little bit of the January sixth committee hearing. Yeah. In the testimony of Bill Barr. Yeah, because I think we need to uh, amplify what he said to our audience so that they know exactly what was going on. Yeah, it, it is amazing. Here we go. Um, last week, uh, we presented the testimony of former uh, Attorney General Bill Barr, uh, who testified before uh, this committee. Today, we present additional evidence, including his testimony that former President Trump started making claims of election fraud immediately after the election, and that Barr concluded the claims were untrue. Now, due to the length of Attorney General Barr's testimony, we're only going to include relevant portions at the hearing today. So let's play um, the video. The department, in fact, when we uh, received specific and credible allegations of fraud, made an effort to look into these to satisfy ourselves uh, that they uh, were without merit. And, and I was in the posture of trying to figure out, there was an avalanche of all these allegations of fraud that built up over a number of days. And it was like playing whack-a-mole because something would come out one day and then the next day it would be another issue. Also, I was influenced by the fact that all the early claims uh, that I understood on, uh, were, were completely bogus and silly and usually based on complete misinformation. And so I, I didn't consider the quality of claims right out of the box to, to give me any, you know, feeling that there was really substance here. For the first time since the election, uh, the attorney general spoke personally with the president on November 23rd, and this was at the White House. Let's play the video, please. So on November 23rd, I, I hadn't spoken to the president since the election. And in fact, as I said, since our the middle of October, roughly. And uh, it was a little getting awkward because obviously he had lost the election and I hadn't said anything to him. And so Cipollone said, you know, I think it's time you come over here. And uh, so I came over to meet with the president in the Oval Office and, and Meadows were, and Cipollone were there. And the president, and, and this is leading up to this conversation with Kushner, um, the president uh, said there had been major fraud and uh, that uh, as soon as the facts were out, the results of the election would be reversed. 
And he went on on this for quite a while, as he's prone to do. And then he got to something that I was expecting, which is to say that apparently the Department of Justice doesn't think that uh, it has a role of looking into these fraud claims. So I said, you know, that has to be the campaign that raises that with the state. The department doesn't take side in elections, and the department is not an extension of, of uh, your legal team. Uh, and our role is to investigate fraud, and if and we'll look at something if it's if it's specific, credible, and could have affected the outcome of the election, and and we're doing that, and it's just not they're not they're just not meritorious. They're not pan, panning out. And as I walked out of the Oval Office, Jared was there with Dan Scavino, who ran his, ran the president's um, social media, and who I thought was a reasonable guy and believe is a reasonable guy. And I said, uh, "How long is how long is he going to carry on with this uh, stolen election stuff? Where's this going to go?" And by that time, uh, Meadows had caught up with me and uh, leaving the office and caught up to me and, and said uh, that, uh, uh, he said, look, I, I, I think uh, that he's becoming more realistic and knows that there's a limit to how far he can take this. And then Jared said, you know, yeah, we're working on this. We're working on it. Even See, that is amazing. See, this is the truth when you have the Attorney General of the United States telling you this is baseless. Right. In fact, he said the earliest cases he looked at were silly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. He said this is ridiculous. You know, but it's amazing how, uh, and this is one of the things I, I, I um, liked about the committee, that it shows a number of people. Mm -hmm. that was telling Trump behind the scenes that no can do. Right. This is just untrue what you're telling folks mm -hmm. and you need to stop. Right. The thing, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, the thing that's amazing to me is in this hearing, first of all, you're hearing all Republicans, mm -hmm. right? And they finally tell the truth. So apparently they found Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, is that uh, uh, all this is coming from the Republican Party behind the scene, and I am disappointed that they didn't tell us earlier. Yes. Right? It's almost like they got caught, and now they want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, but it was totally, if you don't, if you, if you had a little inch of it may be true, this validated that it's not. Right. And, and I think what the reality is, is that so Trump and his inner circle suspected that they might lose this election. Mm -hmm. And so they were putting together a plan to stay in office, even if they uh, lost this election. And then when they actually lost the election and began to execute it, a lot of the people that was with him that wasn't saying anything, now they're like, but he's going to execute this stuff to try to reverse the results of the election. Now they wasn't on board with that. That's right. Now they were still scared to, to say publicly but they was trying to convince him, hey, man, you, you got to let this go. And and he wouldn't because he's thinking, hey, I can get this power back. That's right. And, and I'm ready to pull out all stops. And these stops included, um, you know, the, the old stop the count early thing where he, he wanted all his people to vote on that day. And he wanted to let the Democrats do the mail-in ballot because mm -hmm. I'm going to declare that any, any votes not counted by a certain time can't be counted. 
you know, and that's the way I could win. I build up an early lead and then I can win. Well, that didn't go through. So I tell you what, let me call some of these uh, election officials and have mm-hmm. them change the vote totals. Yep. Uh, well, you ain't gonna change the vote total for me, but I'm the president. And you're a Republican. Come on, man. <laughs> you know, find me some votes. <laughs> That's right. When, That's when right. that didn't work, yeah, I got to come up with a uh, plan three. Let's get the state officials that's supposed to certify the vote, not certified. That is and if you don't certify them, you can't send those uh, electors in, and I can still win. I can have the most. It goes to the House. The House at the time was controlled by uh, Republicans. I can still win. Yeah. Nope. So it says, uh, well, let's go to plan, plan the next plan. Let's put together a false slate of electors <laughs> in all these states that I need. Send them in and say, hey, we don't know which one to choose, so we're going to count either one of them. And, and I said it goes to the House, where actually what really happens is it's a state-by-state vote. Mm-hmm. And because there are technically more states that lean Republican than Democrat, they would win by that. There's not more people, not more population. So, uh, yeah. In, in fact, you just described it was several attempts. Yes. Now, here's one thing I do want to say to our listeners before I sign off. Just because these people are coming up now telling the truth, do not classify them as heroes. They're not. They was cowards. Yeah. That they didn't want to bring it up. Even like Pence. I agree. And we're going to talk about this more in another podcast, but we just got to go ahead and sign off at this particular moment. But I do appreciate our listeners listening to us, and this is not the end of this conversation. So with that being said, Casey, go ahead and sign us off. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast, Barbershop.talk. Please tell your family, friends, and enemies about our podcast, Barbershop.talk, available on your favorite podcast platform. Let's have peace in the streets. Be safe, be wise, and be loved. And we say, Go Mom!